With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Maybe I'm crazy, but if Ron Rivera becomes the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, I will wear a Browns jersey for the entire podcast. (laughs) What? Of Browns fans choosing. Ooh, that's dangerous. Is it? Who do you think they'll choose? Baker? I mean, if they have any concern about my well-being, they'll just make a Bernie Kosar jersey. Mm. I actually proudly wear a Bernie Kosar Mm. jersey. Respect. Please make it a Bernie, Bernie, Bernie goes hard jersey. But I will do it. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. All right, welcome to Maybe I'm Crazy Podcast. I'm Joy Taylor, Courtney Fallon from WEEI, uh, one of my very good friends from my Miami days. Um, she's now back from Boston. She's a uh, Bostonian herself. She will join us uh, to talk all things Patriots. And uh, Patriots fans are freaking out. It's it's a little disrespectful, actually, if 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 I if I may say so. Um, well, it is my podcast. They're being a little disrespectful to the rest of the NFL with all their complaining and whining. Um, Rich people problems. It's very first world problems of them. Um, I don't appreciate it, but uh, I'm also not going to sell all my Patriots stock. Because it's just silly. But uh, we're also going to talk about Carmelo. Uh, he's in petty court today. Shout out to uh, Carmelo Anthony. I believe I was on the right side of that. You were. This entire thing. We all were. Good. So he's not mad at me. Um, Luca is blowing the NBA up, and I love it. Uh, obviously, the Browns, the Steelers, Nick Saban, the Eagles, Jacksonville. We'll have culture reports. Um, and lots of other fun stuff today. But let's get started with Courtney Fallon. All right. It's my boo. My bestie, uh, I said the same thing when MJ came on, but you guys are are equal in my mind. Courtney Fallon, uh, thank you so much for joining the podcast. You can catch Courtney on WEEI Boston Radio, which was at one point uh, my nemesis when I was in Miami. But Courtney and I were in Miami together um, during the days of the Heatles, which were the glory days. Um, and now Courtney is on WEEI. So thank you for coming on with us, Courtney. You're welcome. It's funny because the Heat are playing the Celtics in Boston tomorrow, and I'm getting messages from the Heat media to come, and I'm kind of nervous about showing my Miami Heat callers. Are you going to go? I, I might. I Yeah, for sure I'm going. There's no way I'm not going. I mean, what the hell? I don't, I don't get invites when the Heat come out here and play uh, in L.A. I mean, I guess there's probably more people trying to go to those games. But um, I do love – I saw Ennis uh, participating in a snowball fight um, the other day. It, it is uh, – there's about eight inches of snow on the ground, and, and it's growing out here in Boston. That's and disgusting. I, I have to say that I, that I love it. No, I mean, listen, it's, it's beautiful when it falls, and then when it starts getting slushy and dirty and you're wondering, you know – why your five-year-old nephew is trying to lick the piece of snow that has a little bit of yellow on it, and you're, like, telling him no. And, you know, that's when you start getting problems. Yeah. You know, when it gets I'm glad you said nephew. And... I'm glad you said nephew, because a niece would never. Oh, niece would. My niece is, my niece doesn't go anywhere near the snow. <laughs> she stays inside and says, says, I'm cooking. Can you pay my nails? Yeah. Let's keep it at that. Um, <laughs> well, okay, so there's lots to talk about with the Patriots, but huge NFL news just happened. The Carolina Panthers just fired Ron Rivera. 
Now, I don't believe in firing coaches midseason, especially a coach um, as esteemed and respected as Ron Rivera. You don't have Cam Newton, um, and Kyle Allen is not the answer. So I, I don't think that this is a smart move. But that said, my immediate opinion on this is, uh, yeah, Browns hire Ron Rivera immediately, right now. <laughs> I, 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 you know, or there's a lot of interest, at least from what I'm gathering, is that he could go and be the new head coach for the New York Giants. Ooh. I'm not really so sure. Pat Shermer has his job locked in. I know that the young kid up there, the quarterback, Daniel Jones, is – you know, it's depending on his maturation as a quarterback there. It's he wants his guy to be there. But, I mean, whether or not your quote-unquote franchise quarterback is going to have the power to keep Pat Shermer in place, I mean, I think that Dave Gettleman would be stupid not to bring Ron Rivera in. I think the first thing that I gather just from some of my former colleagues at the, at the NFL Network is that this is a shock to everyone in the Panthers organization uh, Tiffany Blackman, who covers the Panthers pretty regularly, had said that she had gotten off the phone with a number of people in that organization. They are surprised not letting Ron Rivera, a guy who is so beloved, so charismatic, plays well to the locker room, plays well to his players. Uh, it's it's disappointing beyond words, uh, at least for the people that are down there with the Panthers to not let him finish out the season. The fact that Cam Newton who is not the starting quarterback of the Carolina Panthers, kept his job over his head coach that Ron Rivera was fired before Jason Garrett after that debacle in Thanksgiving, on Thanksgiving for the Cowboys. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, but I think that, Joy, the way that we can sum this up from what I'm reading here is that David Tepper is kind of on a power trip. He's right. a new Panthers owner, and he's saying that in that statement as well that there is going to, there's going to be big changes coming to the front office with really no mention of the new GM, Marty Purdy. So whether or not it's going to be him taking over and giving this franchise down in Carolina a complete makeover, I'm assuming so. That's just what it seems like from, you know, from the bird's eye view. Yeah, I think that's probably what it is, too. I just think that, I mean, I, I have a great respect for Ron Rivera, and I don't see how, I mean, the Giants are, are uh, he's going to do great wherever he goes, and he's going to have many options available for him. Anyone who has a head coaching position available is going to be after Ron Rivera. I, that's it. I don't think he's a great fit in Dallas, although... He would be great in Dallas. I, I think that Ron Rivera has too strong of an identity already um, to work with Jerry Jones. So uh, to me, Jerry, I think, needs somebody like a Lincoln Riley or someone else coming up from the college ranks yeah. um, who doesn't have a, an NFL stamp already. Um, so even though I do think that Ron Rivera would do great in Dallas. Okay, so let's go uh, to Boston where the sky is falling. Literally, it's snowing everywhere. And also uh, everyone's freaking out about the Patriots. Now, I had a rant prepared, Courtney, about the Patriots. Uh, yes. As you know, I'm a Dolphins fan and, yes. and a Steelers fan. And Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have been a thorn in my side for the last 20 years. I'd like them removed. But as long as you, as long as you are willing to admit that, I will take anyone's criticism of Tom Brady and the darts that they throw at me daily in that sense. You right. know, it's, it, there's a, I mean, there's universal hatred for both of them. But as long as you admit it and say, listen, your team is 
beat our butts for the last 15 years, then all right, I take it. So, I mean, even if you want to take pieces of your rant and throw it at me, like I, I'm here, I'm here to listen. Well, I think you respect it because I, I, I obviously hated with a deep level of hatred, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady for a very long time. And then after the Falcons Super Bowl. I decided, you know what, you know, it's it's like when you have chronic pain, you grow to respect it, right? Like it becomes a part of your life and you just, you, you tolerate it. Like you'd like it to go away, but also you just kind of accept like, you know, this is this is the path God's laid out for me. And unfortunately, this is the, this is the result of the choices that I've made. So yes, I have great respect for Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. I wish other teams like the Steelers and the Dolphins uh, would cheat as good as the Patriots do. No, I'm kidding. They're great. Um, but the point is, I'm uh, because I've seen this. I've seen this movie ten thousand times. It's like, it's like Mission Impossible thirty eight. Like, what could possibly happen? Oh my God! Tom Cruise saved the world. No one saw it coming. Oh my God! Now that's not saying that the movie's not great, but we know how this ends, right? Like, doesn't matter how much anxiety they give you throughout the film. At the end of the day, Tom Cruise is going to save the day, much like Tom Brady. So this whole idea that and Patriots are done is silly, silly nonsense to me. It's stupid. They're slight. The Ravens are slight favorites over the Patriots. The Patriots are 10 and two. They lost to the Texans and the unstoppable Ravens. And all anyone can talk about is how awful the Patriots offense is. Who, where, who cares? What are you talking I, about? I, you know what though? Here's the thing that worries me. And I, I agree with you as well. When you just start seeing stats like, Mitch Trubisky has a higher passer rating than Tom Brady this season. Oh, boo. The amount of throws, the amount of throws, I mean, but from what I saw on, on that field, all flu gate aside, I'm happy that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady didn't blame that loss to the Texans on a rampant flu that took out about 18 of their players. No, it's because they're champions. The they don't make excuses. I, 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 listen, I like that. I like that. The, the problem here, Joy, that I have is a personnel issue that you let three all pro wide receivers go before the trade deadline. You don't make any trade moves. There's been rumors throughout the organization that Nikhil Harry has not really been up to speed during his time on the short term IR. He comes back and I mean, the guy's getting one target a game and, and thinking like he's a perennial all pro, you know, buying the number 15 chain and this, it's like, listen, sit down. Tom Brady has known for a long time that he does not, he doesn't really, he's not one to help out the young wide receivers, work with them in the offseason. I mean, that has been his biggest criticism, that he does not do well at developing young talent. But, I mean, with guys on the field like Julian Edelman, Mohamed Sanu, Ben Watson, James White and Rex Burkhead, and not to mention Philip Dorsett, Miami's own, who has been in the offense for the last three years, Brandon Bolden, that went from a guy who was just a power runner to catching screens off the field. Like, why is this not working? And I think it is working. It's not. Joy, they can't move the ball down the field. They're 10 and 2. The Patriots offense is so stagnant. The, the the receivers are not on the same page with Tom Brady, and it worries me. And it worries a lot of people in this in this region up here in New England when you're watching these guys. Because you got to remember, Tom Brady has like a, a PhD in the offense, and if these guys are not sitting there and studying up and understand that they have to, you know, read man and zone and then run their same route, and if you're not on the spot 
your quarterback's going to chew you out. And no, I and listen, like I, I appreciate that because I, in a similar fashion to Tom Brady, I'm also a champion. And I don't have a lot of patience for people who don't like to work hard. So I get it. And I'm not saying that his, his wide receivers don't like to work hard, but, like, I'm not a patient person, and Tom Brady clearly isn't a patient person either. Yeah. It just happens, and I understand that. Yeah. And also, he's at the point in his career where it's like Kobe. Like, Kobe's not taking the time out of his day to, like, nurture a young uh, up-and-coming star. Like, he's got stuff to do, right? And I get that with Tom Brady. But my thing is, I don't – all this talk about, like, the offense is stagnant and, like, they don't have the pieces – Can we just take a trip down memory lane? It was many moons ago, February 3rd, 2019, all right, when Tom Brady threw for 262 yards and one interception and no touchdowns, and the final score was uh, 13-9, right? It was a 13-7. I don't know. All I know is the Patriots only had 13 points, and they won the freaking Super Bowl. Uh, Gronk was a quote-unquote shell of himself all season long and had been diminished to a blocking tight end. And Julian Edelman, who, by the way, is still on the team, was Super Bowl MVP. So what am I missing? I, I just, it's... It's 13-3? Oh, my God. No, I gave the Rams seven more points? <laughs> yeah. That's how awful that Super Bowl was. It was a complete war fest, by the way. I, the, the continued drops and, and the low passing percentage, I mean, they just... It just everything in this offense right now just seems to be hard. And although that you are saying everything that I just said as well, I mean, I think we agree with the fact that this is sim- still the similar personnel that was on the field during the Super Bowl minus Gronk, but the fact of the matter is that losing tight end Rob Gronkowski on this offense not only hurts the running game, it hurts the screen game. They, they can't run the ball down the field because he was always the extra blocker. They can't get anything off the edge because Gronk was there used majority of the time as a decoy during his happy season with the Patriots when he couldn't stay healthy on the field. And Tom Brady, for the most part, in his gajillion years, uh, you know, 18, 20 years as a quarterback for the New England Patriots, has gone out and has won the game for the Patriots, putting up 30, 40 points. He used to do it 12, 14 times in a season. And now you have a situation where the defense is having to go out and make turnovers and make make defensive touchdowns off those turnovers and change the game. And Bill Belichick, using his coaching mentality, is having to tilt the field in his direction so that he can strategically win games for the Patriots. This is out of Tom's hands right now. And I think that the Patriots are in just a situation right now where whether or not Josh McDaniels and, and Tom Brady are on the same page, I'm not so entirely sure because if, if Josh McDaniels was Tom Brady's guy, then he would start coming up with a little more of a wrinkle in the offense versus the gimmicky stuff that they have seen with Julian Edelman throwing touchdowns. That's why he was so mad against the Eagles. I really want to see, and a lot of people here in the media up in New England want to see these two create something else with this offense because, as you said, Joy, the pieces are all there, but why is it not working? And why aren't these receivers? They just they they have no red zone offense and they can't move the ball. So listen, the Patriots they they, they dug their own grave with this one. They're not gonna you know Rob Gronkowski is not walking through that door. Like you know, I mean Wes Welker's not walking. through Okay, that door. so then they that's like do- that's the next question. Then, like first of all, the grave talk. Like I'm not throwing dirt on the living. Okay, especially yes. not Tom Brady, but. That said, Gronkowski's not walking through the door. Wes Welker's not walking through the door. So who is – is Antonio Brown walking through the door? Uh, there's no way. 
I, I that's that's a good question and a nice transition to the next uh, like ad nauseum talk that we've been talking about since he spent 11 days in the organization earlier this year. Uh, I, I listen. I don't really know. I know that Tom Brady has gone to bat for Antonio Brown a number of different times, pleading with Robert Kraft and Antonio Brown just continues to, to bury himself in, in, in social media and photos. And, and, and even during this game, when they were losing to the Texans on Sunday, tweeting out that all he wants for Christmas is to come back to the Patriots. I, I, and then he's, then he's retweeting some stuff and then he just continues to bury himself on social media. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I, the following of Tom Brady or uh, Antonio Brown antics on social media, I, I chose to abandon um, quite some time ago. Uh, yeah. because I, I have a limited amount of space in my day and there's just no space yeah. for that. So I'll take oh, your yeah. word for it on it because I, I just have no interest in reporting on the day-to-day antics of Antonio Brown on, on social media. But I do think that the NFL is going to have to make a ruling. I mean, the NFL is going to have to make a ruling eventually about what happened. And we know how they, how they do with these punishments. It's ridiculous, which is a whole nother conversation. But, yeah. um, if he, so you're saying if the NFL clears him, which is obviously the only way that this conversation is even valid, if the NFL clears him, there's no chance he comes back to the Patriots. Oh, uh, no. I mean, I think that there is, for a lot of people in the organization, for a lot of people that I've spoken to, there is there is a chance, but whether or not the Patriots want to deal with that media circus that he carries with him when he walks into the building. And it's way too much of a distraction. And I'll give you the perfect example is that when he was in, when Antonio Brown was on this team for the 11 days that he was earlier this season, you start bringing in all of the local news reporters to start pestering Bill Belichick with questions during a press conference. And there is nothing that makes Bill Belichick more infuriated when the local news people who don't belong here and don't cover the team start asking, in his eyes, inappropriate questions. But when you get down to, like, the local news reporters asking 77-year-old offensive line coach Dante Scarnecchia how well Antonio Brown has been playing or if he's going to play on a Sunday, and the dude just looks at him and says, bro, I I coached the offensive line. Like, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that question. It becomes a distraction in the locker room. And talking to some of those players in the locker room earlier this year, everyone was sick of it. People were so sick of it. So, you know, okay, so will Antonio Brown make an impact for the Patriots on the field during a Sunday football game? Absolutely. But at what price? They really don't like Antonio Brown up there, huh? Uh, What happened with Josh Gordon? Josh Gordon, from what I've been told from a couple of people, was that in the a few weeks before Josh Gordon was released, uh, he wasn't really answering text messages from his teammates or his coaches, and he was showing up to meetings very late. But people were trying to check in on him, and Josh Gordon was pretty checked out. Um, and it's it made it seem as though I'm sure I'm certain I, I asked the question. I said, "Do you think that he was, you know?" using drugs or was he drinking alcohol again and they said certainly not because I'm, that guy gets tested pretty much every day to make sure that he's clean um but i'm so I, he was I, just like emotionally him. checked out he emotionally re- checked out and he was just he just disappeared off the face of the earth for even the people that cared about him in the organization which is disappointing i mean like you know i think everyone here wishes him well but we haven't heard his name since since he left let me throw a crazy idea out there sure what about Des Bryant? I, you know, I asked that question the other day too. 
whether is Des Bryan healthy enough to, to come back? I, I mean, mean, he says he's healthy. Re- like he's putting out workout I, videos. That I am, usually means I am healthy. All in. I'm a, I'm honest, honestly, Joy. That's a very. Good I mean, I'm sure I, I I'm not that. the first person to have that idea, but like it just. I, I mean, he's out there. Yeah, I, I I ask the same question, and I agree with you. I think that that would be the perfect add to this. To well, this you're cool with with Bill. Why don't you pass that along, and then yes. uh, you know make sure you give me credit for it. <laughs> I will. You so I you've been in the room. Um, Bill Belichick's notorious for being. Uh, a, a cranky, cranky, grumpy pants, but yes. he likes you. So, yes. what's how awkward is it to? Um, and I've I've been in those situations before too, where like everyone in the room feels uncomfortable, but like the mean person likes you. It's it's wonderful. Like just just if you haven't had that experience, like it is truly an incredible ego boost that I cannot describe for you because everyone hates you, but like, it's, there's nothing you can do about it. You're just that likable. What, what is it like though, when you're in the room and Bill and Belichick just completely demolishes someone? Like, is everyone else kind of like when your parents yell at, yell at like is going nuts and you just kind of like look at the ground and you're kind of like embarrassed, but it's like low key funny or is it just mortifying for everyone? And then the next person that has to ask a question. I think I think it's 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 the first one that you tossed out there. I mean, depending on the person, if if that person, if that reporter is well liked, which most likely the people that are asking the questions, uh, the reporter is not well liked. Um, it, it's literally like you sitting in the back of a room and watching, you know, your second grade teacher chastise someone for passing notes in, in the room everyone's just kind of giggling and laughing and i mean listen <laughs> whether or not that's that's funny to you or not i mean I, you know it's 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 uncomfortable it's an uncomfortable <laughs> situation and you know and and you're just happy that you're not the one being yelled at but at the same time i mean uh, bill Belichick loves to play a chess game with his reporters and you come in there prepared and if, if you don't know specific X's and O's and you don't really, you know, it's it's like you stack your chips. You're sitting at a poker table and you and you, you know, you win a couple of chips. You win maybe a hundred bucks one day and you come back to the casino and you bet 50. And then, you know, you're going to continue to stack those chips. And that's how you build a rapport with a head coach like Bill Belichick. And in those situations where he's mad. You just don't open your mouth unless you have a smart question. And those reporters that ask silly questions are going to get chewed out. And sometimes it's funny. And then sometimes they're like, geez, I'm so glad that wasn't me. <laughs> I mean, I just, I can't, I, I can imagine it. Cause I've like, obviously we've all been in situations where like someone's getting yelled at and you just, you're so glad it's not you. But like this part of the reason why, uh, I mean, I've been in an uncom- on plenty of uncomfortable interviews before. But when you're not a reporter, like, you have the ability to be like, all right, bro, calm the hell down. Like, I don't know who yeah. you're talking to or, like, what's happening here, but you can check them. But, like, you can't check Bill. You can't be like, hey, Bill, who are you talking to? <laughs> it's, well, I mean, it's, it's funny when some people just, you know, who don't really know Bill just try to run into the buzzsaw. Like, you know, again, for like some of the local the local investigative reporters from the local news stations up here in Boston, when they ask questions, Byron Barnett, great reporter for a local NBC station up here. Byron Bar- when Byron Barnett goes in there and he starts just running off a list of questions 
to Bill about, you know, Antonio Brown and his alleged sexual assault and, and you know, what his thoughts are. They're actually really the questions that you want to know. Right. You just, I mean, it's like you, you, you're like a little kid in, in elementary school and you just bury your head. You're like, oh, Jesus, it's not going to be good. But, you know, it's just... If you come and you you want to see the wrath of Bill Belichick and you really want to test him on one of those testy days, I bring your umbrella because you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna get a whole host of rain or in New England's case uh, maybe ten inches of snow it's, in your face. It's really unbelievable. Uh, I can't even imagine it, but I think he gave a very good description of it. Is running into a buzzsaw. <laughs> um, well, thanks so much for coming on with us, Courtney. Uh, tell your fellow Bostonians that they have nothing to worry about. Although, I will say, um, I'm a big believer in the Hocus Pocus, and Nick Saban and Alabama, the Roll Tide, are not going to be in the college football playoffs this year, meaning they won't win a championship, and you know, when Nick Saban, Nick Saban and Bill Belichick have the evil darkness bond, and like, they have to win championships together, Nick Saban's not going to win one this year, so the juju is working strong against you. I suggest a lot of sage, maybe some crystals. Listen, we we don't have the high we don't have Hialeah and that Santeria easily available, so I think that right before the Super Bowl, uh, they sell sage at Whole Foods. Okay, you're good. Just I, I think you got like one Whole Foods in all of Boston, right? There's there's actually one down the street, but I mean, listen, like I, I'm hearing that we shouldn't be buying Palo Santo anymore because they're gonna just killing the trees. So oh, is it? Um, keep the witch keep the witchcraft to those who know how to do witchcraft. Look, I, I'll, send you, I'll send you I'll send you um I'll send you a box of the good California stuff. Okay, well, I'll, I'll throw some sage in there, uh, some essential oils, all right, a little incense. Um, I'll do some research and pick the right stone, and you can gift it to Bill Belichick. I'm sure he's into that stuff. <laughs> I, you know, listen, I, you know, it's, it, I, it would be my pleasure. To I'll even, I'll even throw that. gift certificates to, uh, to our favorite uh, psychic out here. Listen, when you come to LA, you get into all kinds of this stuff. Like it's a, it's a whole thing, right? Like we were talking about this right before you left, right? We were getting matcha. That you get, yes. you have, everyone has their own psychic out here. Yeah, it's, uh, the psychics have agents out in LA too, as well. So, I mean, I, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna line up, I'm gonna line up all my, my California Ojai crystals up on my windowsill and just make sure that oh, I yeah, you do have the crystals. Yeah, just give those to Bill, it'll fix all yeah, of it. Yeah, I'm gonna give those to Bill. Who needs this, Brian, when you've got Courtney's crystals? I, I'm, I actually, like, on that, <laughs> I just gave note, you a great business idea. There you go, it's Courtney's crystals. Um, I just I be, uh, Giselle Bündchen, I believe, has come out and said that she's been she's given Tom Brady. She's Giselle Bündchen is very into crystals, right? Um, and there's been stories about it. And I'm very surprised that Tom has not uh, taken up that opportunity for his wife to give him some good juju. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he has. Too. I'm sure Tom Brady has done all of that. I'm just I, I'm imagining Bill Belichick like saging his office. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's an amazing uh, visual. Well, thanks, Courtney. Um, tell everyone to calm down. Appreciate you coming on. And you can catch Courtney on WEEI in Boston. And you can follow her on Twitter at Courtney Fallon underscore and on Instagram, Courtney underscore Fallon. Um, thanks, babe. You're great. Hey, thanks, boo. Love you. Love you, too. Are you ready for what's ahead? You can't always predict the future, but you can game plan for it. Generations of families and businesses have harnessed the power of Pacific to help them reach their unique goals. Whether you need to save enough money to meet your needs, ensure your family is protected, or make sure you don't run out of money, Pacific Life has a variety of financial solutions that can help. Pacific Life counts more than half of the 100 largest U.S. companies as its clients and has been named one of the 2019 
world's most ethical companies by Ethisphere Institute, protecting what matters most to people for 150 years and counting. That's the power of Pacific. Ask a financial professional about how Pacific Life can help you game plan for your future or visit PacificLife.com. We about to turn up in All right, hello, what am I winning or quitting today? Hello. Uh, the Cowboys lost their second straight game and are now 0-5 against team with teams with winning records. All is not lost, though, as America's team's 6-6 record is good enough to earn them the top spot in America's worst division. Joy, the Cowboys are still going to win the NFC and make the playoffs, win it or quit it. The NFC East? Is that what you yeah, said? that's what I meant. Yeah. Uh, with it, the least. Cowboys are still going to win the NFC least because the Eagles are a disaster, which we'll get to later. Um, but the Cowboys are in a really bad spot because uh, not only is this the last year of Garrett's contract, they're not yeah. playing the way that they wanted to be playing. They also need to decide if they're going to pay Dak. They also need to figure out what they're going to do with Amari Cooper. Jerry Jones still old. Jerry Jones is still, uh, well, you know, that, I feel like I don't remember Jerry Jones being young. Right, that's what I'm saying. He's been old for a long he's time. He's one of those. He's one of those like, uh, like forever olds. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, it just means that he was just already older when right. I was born because I'm relatively still young. This doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Jane Slater reported that the thank you for that. Uh, th- the Jane Slater reported that the Cowboys are leaning towards franchise tagging Dak. Shouts to Jane. Yes, love Jane. I actually asked her if she was like, like what was going on with that. And she was like, yeah, they're really doing that. Um. I don't care how bad the Cowboys are this year. That's a mistake. I get it. They got humiliated on the biggest stage in America, which is Thanksgiving football in the middle of the day. Jerry Jones, no pie for you. And that sucks. I get it. Everyone's enjoying their holiday, and we got to watch the Bills beat the Cowboys in prime time in a really humiliating way, not even like in a, in a good game. And the first game, by the way, congrats uh, on the almost win. Uh, Donnie is a Lions fan. I picked the Lions to win that game. Uh, I don't know why. I just love the Lions this year. I can't figure it out. I usually don't have any time for the Lions. And um, they still didn't win. But nope. <laughs> it, was, it was a good game, though. It was at least a good game. I mean, look. Like, what's his name? Uh, David Blau? I mean, who, who's, who saw it coming? <laughs> plow, plow. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the point is <laughs> the Bills-Cowboys game was not good. And I get it. Like, Jerry's upset. Everyone's upset. Nobody wants to see that at the Cowboys, uh, least of all me. I picked them to win the Super Bowl. They're not mm-hmm. going there. Or make it to the Super Bowl, not win. But anyway, the point is, they're 0-5 against winning teams this year. That's not great. Mm-mm. However, franchising tag- franchise tagging Dak Prescott is a mistake. So I've done, I've done this like 15,000 times on this podcast and on The Herd. But I'll go over it again because for some reason people can't seem to figure this out, let alone the Dallas Cowboys. So. I have some questions for Dak Doubters. Okay, so first of all, who are you planning on getting to replace Dak? You're not getting a high draft pick. You're not trading up to get a high draft pick because you don't want to lose the pieces that you're keeping by not paying Dak. Like, the whole point of not paying Dak is so you can keep the, right. key, the team intact. So you're not going to trade any of those pieces to get a high draft pick if you don't keep Dak. Who's going to be available that's better than Dak? Now, I understand if you franchise tag him this year, you're technically still keeping Dak. But what's the future plan? So you're going to play him, pay him an incredible amount of money for one year, and then it's just going to continue to go up. That's how franchise tagging works. If you forgot, this is what the uh, Washington R-Words did with Kirk Cousins. How are the R-Words doing this year? Real bad, Joy. Very Real bad. bad. Didn't quite work out for them. Now, listen, nope. I am no Kirk Cousins lover. 
Okay, but the Redskins were in a better situation with Kirk Cousins. I don't think that's a stretch. Agreed. Why can't you negotiate with Dak? Now, the rumors are that it started at $40 million. For anyone's ever had to negotiate anything, right? like say for maybe when you were a child, you know, you tried to sleep at your friend's house for the weekend. So you were like, hey, mom, can I go to um, Ben's for the whole week? No. Okay, but his mom said I could stay for the weekend. No. <laughs> can I go over Saturday for like four hours? No. Well, uh, can I go over now? Sure. <laughs> That's how negotiating works. Yeah. Okay? So, of course, you start with $40 million, which no one's going to pay Dak Prescott or any other quarterback at this moment, for, the, at the, for that matter, unless you're Patrick Mahomes. So, which I don't even recommend they pay Patrick Mahomes $40 million. It's right. a salary cap league. Now, I don't care what anyone makes because it doesn't come out of my pocket. So, I want everyone to make all the monies that they can. But... That's not, in a salary cap league, you got to work some things out. So he started at $40 million. Maybe he didn't start at $40 million. Who cares? Forget the $40 million. Right. No one's getting it. This is not how negotiating works. You don't come in like, I'd like to be paid a moderate amount of money for yeah. the incredible amount of work that I've done. Whatever no. you guys think is best, you know, I'll take that. Whatever you got laying around. So they're going to negotiate it down to a reasonable salary. That said, everyone keeps referring to Jared Goff and this doomsday contract that Jared Goff has, right? Like, Jared Goff has this crazy, insane contract. Mm. First of all, Jared Goff was playing in the Super Bowl last year. The Super Bowl? That's that's what everyone's playing for, right? Indeed. Which, quite frankly, they didn't lose because of Jared Goff. They lost because Todd Gurley had 35 rushing yards. I think it's a bit reactionary to call the Jared Goff contract the worst contract ever anyway. They're one year away from the Super Bowl. And he hasn't even really started to get into the money of the contract yet. So it's really, it's just not, it's not true. It's just not a bad contract. Like everyone, everyone's, I don't even want to get into the Rams right now, okay? But and I'm not overreacting to the fact that they demolished the Cardinals. All I'm saying is this whole, like, the Rams are finished forever thing. Like, maybe just, maybe just pause for one second. Just one second, okay? They're not the Atlanta Falcons, okay? Teams are either finished or they're started. Uh, so that's yeah, it. It's, it's the only option. We don't have to be that dramatic, okay? <laughs> and, 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 like, the Jared Goff, Jared Goff contract is not bad. They were just in the Super Bowl last year. You know who wasn't in the Super Bowl last year? Who wasn't? The Dallas Cowboys. Mm. Okay, so that's not a bad contract. So even if you paid Jared Goff or Dak Prescott a Jared Goff contract, it's not a bad contract if you're if the idea is you're eventually going to go to the Super Bowl. Right. Okay? So just calm down. Because everyone's like, oh, well, look what happened with the Rams. What happened with the Rams? What do you know about the Super Bowl? You haven't been there in two decades. I'm talking to you Dallas Cowboy fans. Anyway, the Rams are 7-5 and five for anyone who's counting, so they actually have a better record that's anyway. better than 6-6, six and six, yeah. And they beat the Saints. And the Cowboys have beaten no winning team so far this year. That said, Dak has won his division two of the last three seasons. He'll probably win it this year. For sure. So that'll be three of the last four seasons. And he hasn't had a losing season since he entered the league. And he's been playing on a fourth-round rookie contract. Doesn't the money just even out eventually? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, is it even really a big contract considering what he's right, done and right, what he's been right. paid What's his, to do? How it? much undervalue is he right now? Right. Like, I mean, I understand that's not how it works. It works in the salary cap, but like, if you're getting crazy, if, it, if the money bothers you, just consider that he's been the most underpaid player in the NFL for the past three years, playing quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, the most visible franchise in the world. Obviously, the intangibles he has are obvious, but. Do what you want, Cowboys. Like, if you want to be the Redskins, <laughs> by all means, like. Dan Snyder needs a friend. Have so. your fun. They've let Kirk Cousins go. That's worked out swimmingly for them. Mm. And Kirk's obviously awful in primetime and has zero clutch capabilities. 
But the Cowboys haven't played in an NFC division game since, I believe, 1995. So, like I said last week, you're not really a Super Bowl franchise anyway. No. Damn. Now, I want you to be, okay? I'm not hating. My mother's a Cowboys fan, all right? But she'll keep it real because that's what we do around here. And... That's that's just not the standard that you guys have. And that's that's not saying that you shouldn't strive for that. All I'm saying is stop talking about how paying Dak is going to keep you guys from winning a Super Bowl. You've found plenty of ways over the past 20 years to not win Super Bowls. So maybe just take a chance with the quarterback that's won at least won the division two the last three years and will probably win it again this year. It's just silliness. I don't I don't it gives me a headache. All right, what's next? Um all right, about Monday night. Seahawks beat the Vikings 37-30 on Monday Night Football. With that win and the 49ers' loss to the Ravens on Sunday, the Seahawks move into the number two seed in the NFC. If they can stay there, they would host at least one playoff game at CenturyLink Field. Joy, the Seahawks should and probably do scare everyone in the NFL. Win it or quit it. Win it. Uh, And while we're talking about the Seahawks, if they win the Super Bowl this year, I think you got to have Pete Carroll in the conversation like the greatest coaches of all time, right? Yeah, particularly with the USC stuff added in there, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that people, no one is confusing Pete Carroll for being a bad coach. Like, right. that's of course not. But I do think he took some heat after the Legion of Boom, uh, I guess if you want to call it a dynasty or era, fell apart. Everyone was really down on the Seahawks and Russell Wilson. He was kind of in that category of like, oh, you picked the quarterback over the defense and – you know, we, we shall not forget that you didn't give it to Marshawn Lynch. Right. But it, it wasn't a – they didn't – he didn't – it didn't fall all apart. But things, that's my point. Things got so a little it, it felt it felt like that w- it was over. Like we, we were all, no, including no, no. myself, having conversations about how the Seahawks dynasty was over and it's all the coach's fault because he picked the quarterback over the defense and like, well, mm, kind of looking like that might have been the, the right decision. Now, if they win the Super Bowl again, which I think that they will – uh, either way, I mean, definitely a coach of the year candidate. And For sure. What, the, what they've been doing to teams and the way that they've been playing is incredibly impressive, especially consider what he's lost and all of the reinventing that they've had to do. They have a totally new identity, new energy, uh, style and swag, completely different from the Legion of Boom, which is really impressive and very difficult to do within one era and one quarterback. They didn't change quarterback or coach, but they flipped the whole script. They did. They did. Uh, it's hard to do that. We all buried deceased and went to the wake of the Seahawks. And they're Prematurely. now 10-2. and two. It was very premature. They beat the Niners, obviously. They beat the Vikings. And they're, <laughs> they're going to be an almost an impossible out in the playoffs. I think the only team that I am taking over them is if they play the Saints in New Orleans. I'm picking the Seahawks yeah. all the way through unless they play the Saints in New Orleans, which I think mostly they're an incredible, incredible road team. So I'm only doing that based off of like Drew Brees, Sean Payton at home. Because I think I think the Seahawks are a better team right now than the Saints. If they stumble, though, and they have to go on the like that's if they're second and they have home field or do you think they'll beat anyone anywhere? Um, I'm I'm just saying I think I'm picking them over everyone unless it somehow works out that they they have to play this. They have to go to New Orleans because uh, I I just think that's a really tough place to play. Mm -hmm. Um, And that said, in the NFC, the way that I'm looking at the way it's set up, because obviously Vikings fans are like very upset with me right now. So I I just want to make it clear. Like I don't I just want to make it very clear. I don't believe in Kirk Cousins in clutch primetime, which is all the playoffs are. Kirk doesn't believe in himself in those I'm not saying that they can't think. win a playoff game. I'm just saying if I have to pick Kirk Cousins and the Vikings and over 
Uh, Garoppolo and the Niners. I'm taking the Niners mm. over Wilson and Seahawks. I'm definitely Duh. taking the Seahawks. I'm taking Drew Brees. Dak. I'm. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I think I am. Yep. I think I am. Mm-hmm. And and Dallas is not as good. Is not as good as the Vikings. Mm-hmm. What about Kyle Allen? Who? Kyle Allen. <laughs> you get on my nerves. My man. The point is, uh, the Seahawks are great this year. It was a really fun game to watch. Uh, I, I, look, the Vikings had a lot going against them. Like, they lost Alvin Cook, you know, and they have Kirk Cousins. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. No, it really wasn't Kirk's fault. But, like, you got to make the play. Like, Wilson <laughs> makes the play. Kirk doesn't make the play. It's not Kirk's fault. He's 0-8 in Monday Night Football. That's the worst in NFL history. So you can say what you want. They have a great, great team, but at the end of the day, it comes down to have you been there before? Have you won before? And that's what I'm going with in these playoffs. I understand the 49ers haven't done that, but if I'm taking the 49ers or the Vikings, I'm, I'm still going, going mm. 49ers. Do you like that? <sighs> hear ye, hear ye. Carmelo Anthony is petty, and I'm here for it. And I am also petty, Carmelo, and I, I was on your side. This entire time, so don't put me on the list with other people that you're mad at because I've been trying to get you back in the league for a very long time. True. That's where you say yes, Eller. Correct? Yes. There's also lots of video footage of me saying that. Anyway, it's not about me. Carmelo is the uh, Western Conference Player of the Week, mm. which I think is wonderful. Uh, he's with the Blazers now. They went 3-0, being the Bulls twice as well as the Thunder. Um, he led those efforts 22.3 points, 7.7 rebounds, and 2.7 assists. He's now played six games for the Blazers since signing with them last month. He's averaging 17.7 points, 6.6 rebounds, and 2.2 assists in a little over 30 minutes per game. What do you know? Carmelo Anthony can still play basketball. He just needed the right place. Um, obviously, he also wanted to point out, he told The Athletic, because people were kind of comparing this situation to – uh, his friend Dwayne Wade's farewell tour, which I loved watching. Yeah. Yep. Um, and he said, this, is, this ain't a damn farewell tour. My love for the game don't stop. I don't know where this farewell tour thing came from. I've never talked about a farewell tour. I do think you have to kind of – I mean, well, Dirk didn't really announce it, but it was kind of like an unspoken thing. Like, it just kind of got towards the end of the season. We were like, ah, oh, Dirk. Like, yeah, Ugh. but, like, Dirk had been on one team consecutively for a long time. We kind of know. And this dude kind of just got to – We kind of know this is over, so I think you're the only one who's not, like, on the same page. But this doesn't really feel like that with Carmelo because Carmelo – well, first of all, Carmelo has had to do so much to get back into the league, which I think is ridiculous anyway. But – also, like he has something to prove. So he this like to me this couldn't be Carmelo's last last season or f- farewell tour or whatever. Like not he, on purpose. Not on purpose. But I, but I do think if he if he stays with with the Blazers, which I I feel like at this point he's going to throughout the season, then maybe perhaps towards the end of the season if it's starting to trend that way, I don't think the Blazers would let him go before the end of the season based off of not only the way that he's playing, but just like, don't be that team that's in that team. Um, and they're playing better since they have him. And we know that Carmelo can score. This, that was always what Carmelo did. Like, I think what happened with Carmelo was Carmelo was asked to do things that were outside of what he does. That's great. The pieces weren't put around him. So you can say he was a bad teammate or whatever else, but then really look at the situations. That's, that's not really what happened. He's not a selfish player. He's just a shooter, which guess what? You need to score points in order to win basketball games. So he could be very helpful in that regard, which is what he's doing for the Blazers. It was also pretty rich when Mike D'Antoni was trying to get him to play defense. You're like, hey man, you're the coach that said defense doesn't matter and now you're trying to harp on this 
this older gentleman who's real good. We don't have enough offense. time for D'Antoni, okay? <laughs> Most of the time we don't. Yeah. <laughs> but what I will say is that anytime you talk to uh, really anyone who's played the game at a high level, they all say the same thing, especially when talking about young players in the league or what advice they would give them. And it's the same thing that works with Mello for anyone who's coached Mello. It's like, you have a great player. Let Be great at what you're great at. Unless you're LeBron James or Kevin Durant, which last I checked, there's two of them. One of them's hurt. Be great at exactly what you are great at, and you will be an asset, and you will have a long and uh, fruitful career in the NBA. Don't try and be everything. It's jack of all trades or master of one, and like that's finally what Melo is able to do, and that's why he's having success with the Blazers. And I'm happy about it, and I'm happy about the pettiness that he is living in now that he is having success because he deserves it. He definitely does. Do you ever do the uh, celebration he does? With the three, the three to the side of the head, it kind of hurts. I don't do that. I, Why would you do that? I don't know, because it looks cool when he does it, but then it hurts my well, brain. Well, I should think about that statement, and it. then, you know, no offense. <laughs> but <laughs> Wait, what? What do you? Uh, just, what do you? It's fine. I don't. It's fine, but, Miller. Okay. <laughs> All right, high key, low key. What's up, Donnie? What's up? Uh, high key, the Mavs beat the Lakers in their hideous jerseys. Low key, Luka Doncic could be the MVP. Go way that boy good. He's good. He is so good at basketball. Those jerseys are trash. They need to get that superstar <laughs> out of those threads and get him in some acceptable gear. I'm actually I think I've decided I'm blaming the decline in ratings on those on those jerseys. It looks worse in motion. It's <laughs> look, no disrespect to the artist, you know, but just no. Uh, anyway, Luca's, Luca's numbers were are just straight ridiculous. Obviously, like that that game was incredible, and he's unbelievable to watch. I don't want to compare him to LeBron. Stop trying to compare him. Can I, can he just be Luca? Can he just be himself? Can Zion just be Zion? Like that's not how it works. I don't, why? He's not LeBron, but he has some LeBron esque qualities. He does play downhill, if you will. Um, and he's the third player to average 30 points in the calendar month in November, 32.4 points, 10.3 rebounds, and 10.4 assists, which is just ridiculous. Mm. It's just, it's almost obnoxious, but he's just, he's so fun to watch. Um, I, I love the, the way he plays. I love the energy. He talks shit. He's just fun. He's just a superstar, and uh, we're lucky to have him. So uh, I love, I, I just love watching him play. He's great. And uh, I mean, look, like MVP, we'll see. It's very early. He's obviously on an MVP run, um, but I do think that they're going to give it to LeBron this year. Um, all that's, right. that's the last white MVP player right there. Mavs. Uh, that is true. Steve Nash getting there? Is it? Yeah. yeah. No, mm-hmm. no. Steve Nash is. Well, after, after yeah. Steve Nash. Yeah. Hmm. I love that. That's a little cute bromance, too, they got yeah. going on. Um, all right. What's next? High key, Mike Tomlin's doing the best head coaching of his career. Low key, Freddie Kitchens is doing the last head coaching of his career. Where did you find a picture of Mike Tomlin smiling? Oh, there's plenty of them. They're out there. Are there? <laughs> there are. I mean, he's, he does <laughs> smile, but it's just like... Ear to ear. Uh, yeah, no, he's like... It's not like a Bill Belichick smile where it's like you're nervous. Yeah. It's like uh, something happened that he is very happy about. Um, I love Mike Tomlin. Um, anyway, he is doing some amazing, amazing coaching. Not to be sacrilegious, but he's turning water into wine in Pittsburgh. Um, for sure. And he's got a nice, you know, he's got the cross on anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Freddie Kitchens, probably, yes. Yes. I mean, look, okay. So I saw this, I saw this on, on, on the Twitter on Friday, uh, or whenever it was posted. And I honestly, the millisecond I saw it, I was like, oh, lock, Steelers win. Like, I would have bet the house 
uh, that the Steelers were going to win this game. Uh, and that's because, you know, in Pittsburgh, if you're going to talk, <laughs> there's going to be consequences and repercussions. You can say whatever you want, but it's going to get handled. And this was a mistake. And I don't want to get too crazy about it because, you know, people are defending Freddie Kitchens in the spot, and there's just, there's just no defense of it. Like, when Mike Tomlin got involved, because people were like, wow, Mike Tomlin tripped a guy. Like, yeah, I mean, nobody defended Mike Tomlin in that spot, and Mike Tomlin's won a Super Bowl. Right. Okay, when Bill Belichick got caught cheating, or, the you know, whatever the scandals were, Bill Belichick's won a Super Bowl. And these are not excuses for, like, this th th these bad decisions, but... It's their resume. They have resumes. You don't, you, you can't do this. And like, there's no excuses for those things either. Like right. they've had to answer for them. Freddie Kitchens has to answer for the shirt. The shirt is stupid. It makes no sense. It's not something you do as a head coach. And it's inexcusable. Now look, the only reason I care about what happens with the Cleveland Browns this year is because I picked them to a wild card and I like my predictions to be right. So that's, that's really the only reason why I care. Because obviously I'm from Pittsburgh. I don't, I don't care about Cleveland being bad. I expect them to be bad and dysfunctional and shows to everyone else because that's what Cleveland does and what's, what Cleveland is. What also bothers me about Cleveland not being good this year is, of course, Odell Beckham Jr. plays in Cleveland and I want Odell to be great. And he can't be great in Cleveland because Baker's in Cleveland who's been struggling because of things like this. And I also want Baker to be good because Baker's a good person, big personality and we need big personalities in the league. So I want him to be successful. Now, what are we dealing with in Cleveland's? Well, likely Freddie Kitchens is not going to be there next year, which means Baker will be on his fourth head coach since entering the league. Not good. Which is insane. It's insane. It's Captain Pants crazy. <laughs> but that is even a possibility of happening. It's nonsense. Okay. There's no excuse for wearing the shirt. You can say whatever you want. You're a head coach. You have to be smarter than that. You have to hold yourself to a higher standard. I don't care about what other head coaches have done. That has nothing to do with this. Still inexcusable. And you're talking about a situation that involved possible racial slurs, a possible uh, an, an instance that could have resulted in death or extreme maiming of the face. <laughs> okay? Could have lost an eye. The NFL has suspended your best player indefinitely. It costs your organization hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like, what are you talking about? You're wearing that shirt. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Now, fans wearing that short shirt, of course. Fans can do whatever they want. All right? You're out here policing fans, but you're the head coach. You're the CEO of this team. I, like, it's been said at nauseum, but like, I'm, nobody's ever excused, accused me of being a square, all right? But this is, you just can't do it. You can't do it, and it's just a reflection of the whole organization. There's no emotional discipline. I'm disappointed because I picked them to win, win the wild, get a wild card spot and then do nothing in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, Baker and Odell are there, so I'd like them to turn it around, but yeah. That's two straight weeks of selfie drama from teams because Dwayne Haskins last week and Freddie Kitchens this week, it's like, uh, who's next? Squad. Yeah. We can't escape those phones, though, huh? Mm -hmm. They control our lives. Where's my phone? <laughs> loser power rankings. Loser power rankings. These are the losers, the losers of the week. All right. Losers. So we got this week. First up, Nicholas Saban. Oh, Nick Saban. Well, we're finally free. We're free, world of Alabama in the college football playoffs. Um, unless the college football playoff committee... Tries to pull a fast one on us yes. and sneaks Alabama in there, which will result in a nationwide riot. So I suggest they don't do that. But uh, Nick Saban, they lost to Auburn. Um, just Nick, just please stop. 
just stop with the blaming it on the officials. Auburn tricked you. They were smarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to hear a complaint. Like he went out there talking about like the officials should have given you more time. Like, yeah, not how it works. Not how it works. <laughs> no one cares. It's not. It, it, that's the whole point of them doing that in the first place is to try and trick you. You quarterback through two pick sixes. Maybe that had something to do with it. I'm pretty sure the refs couldn't control that. Uh, Auburn was not ranked as high as you. You're supposed to win that game. It's so whack. I hate – and I give players and coaches a lot of leeway when it comes to talking to the media and, and, and saying things. But Saban, someone of Saban's stature, knows you can't say anything. Don't make any excuses and don't blame it on the officials in that spot. Like, nobody wants to hear that. Leave that up to the media. Leave that up to the fans that say, like, you can't be up there making excuses talking about the officials. No one wants to hear that. So we're free of Alabama uh, for the college football playoffs for at least a year. No, they're not done. Yes, they will be back next year. It's not over. We're just going to take a nice break from you. Okay? Enjoy this. Yeah, we're just going to, like, refresh. All right? And that's that's all there is to it. Just calm down. By the way, I've been dying to say this. Uh, and I love the Iron Bowl, okay? But is there any, like, has no one figured out how to get onto the field without getting stuck in those hedges? Nobody? No one. I'm glad. Nobody? Thank goodness. (laughs) It's valuable TV. I mean, it's great (laughs) content, but, like, do you... How many times does that have to happen before they figure it out? They just disappear. I mean, you're not going to be the person who's, who can walk through... That's the point of hedges, is to keep things out. Yeah. It's a very thick bush. It, it it separates you from the other side of the bush. Why can't you figure it out? Why do people jump in the middle of the hedges? There's nothing... My A family member is dying. Okay? I, I, notice, I didn't say friends. Okay? A family member is dying on the other side of that hedge. I'm, I'm, I'm going to consider jumping in the hedge. Okay? But I'm not going to jump in the hedge. Like, I'm going to try my best to jump over the hedge or jump before the hedge and then walk around to where the hedge is no longer. All the scrapes. So many scrapes. But, I mean, this woman is stuck. Like, she's stuck stuck in the hedge. Like, what are you doing? How do you get out? How do you get out of this bush? You're just like, ass first. I don't understand it. <laughs> just butt stuff in the head, in the head. It makes no sense. Anyway, uh, what's next? Next up, Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, the Jaguars. I can't say Jaguars correctly either. How do you say it? It's elegant. Jaguar. Jaguar. Mm-hmm. Like the commercial. Exactly. That's where I got it from. So, I don't know, Nick Foles. I don't know what to say, man. I really tried for you. Uh, I had such high hopes. Minshew Man is back. He's going to be the starter for the rest of the season. Foles had a terrible first half, turned over the ball on the team's first three drives, an interception and two fumbles, and then uh, led the offense to three consecutive three and outs. Vintage Foles. Vintage Foles. Um, Mm. Marone said he put him in because the offense was kind of dead. Yeah, I would say so. Minshew didn't do much better, 147 yards and touchdown in the second half, but he had an interception, bounced off of D.D. Westbrook's hands. Not entirely his fault, I guess. But he did lose a fumble on a sack in the fourth quarter, and obviously the Bucks won convincingly. Here's the problem. Foles has a dead cap hit of $33.875 million. That's a lot Woo! of numbers. Yeah, your money, honey. Before June 1st, and that number drops to $21.4 million if he's released after June 1st. So it would save them like uh, close to $16 million and they'd still have a dead cap hit of about $6.25 million. So they're going to lose a lot of money no matter what they do. 
So you might as well keep Nick Foles. <laughs> it's, basically, <laughs> it's basically what I'm saying because that's very expensive. Uh, finally, who is the last one of the losers for this week? John Hill's Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my God, you lost <laughs> the Dolphins. Join the. It's a very exclusive club this year. Uh, losers for the Dolphins. Sorry about that. Here's a question. How is it that Miami isn't on this list? Aren't you? Aren't wins bad for you? No, we changed our mind. You did? Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, uh, yes, and I have put Miami on this list for this exact reason, because we decided, you know, we're not going to tank anymore. We're just going to win, like, four games. Uh, I knew this would happen because the Dolphins always sneak somebody in the winter. Mm-hmm. They always – they all, it's usually the Patriots, but we'll take the Eagles. Um, they let the Dolphins score 37 points. Oof-da. They let a punter throw a touchdown pass to a kicker. Mm. Okay, so this is actually, what he's actually throwing is a duck, okay? But he's making it appear like, I mean, that is just straight, fina- it's almost like he's like gliding. It's the prettiest picture. I mean, he's got the pinky up and everything. And he's smiling. It's so good. Um, anyway. The Eagles have some real issues. The rest of their schedule, though, they can control their destiny because the rest of their schedule, they play all NFC East teams. They play the Giants, then they're at the Redskins, and they play the Cowboys, and then they're at the Giants again. So they can potentially get back on track and sneak up and win the NFC East um, and then do nothing in the playoffs. But this was a, this was a bad loss. I mean, you, you're supposed to beat the Dolphins. I knew they wouldn't beat the Dolphins, just like I knew the Steelers were going to beat the Browns. But um, since I didn't share that publicly and only picked them to cover the spread, I can't really prove it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time for the culture, culture report. What is in the culture report this week, T? All right, so the trailer for Black Widow just came out early this morning. Scarlett Johansson plays Natasha Romanoff, who is Black Widow, of course. The movie is out May 1st, 2020. Um, I love seeing women kick butt, so I plan on seeing this movie. What about you? Uh, I will see this movie because I like Marvel superhero movies. Um, they're a fun watch. So if I need a couple hours to uh, be entertained, which is what Marvel movies do, uh, I'm going to see it. So it looks fun. And watching the trailer, uh, I had no idea that Marvel and Stranger Things were doing a crossover because Hopper's in it and he's in Russia. Mm. Right? That's where they are? Yeah. Isn't that where they're, uh, in that little tease that they had at the end of Stranger Things? (laughs) You like that? You like that little connection there? So I spoiled it for you. Stranger Things 4, Hopper lived. Oh, shoot. And (laughs) he has now crossed over into into Marvel, and he's working with uh, ScarJo. There he is. Marvel things. He's thriving. He's alive and thriving. Look at him. (laughs) (laughs) They've been feeding him well. Yeah. Got him a new suit. Yeah. And yeah. he's got this uh, this this crazy Russian accent thing going on. Um, but yeah, I'm into it. I'm definitely going to see it for Me sure. Too. It looks really good. All right, what's next? All right, so next is the rumor has been circulating that Michael B. Jordan met with Warner Brothers to pitch his version of Superman. Now, could you actually see Michael B. Jordan play Clark Kent? Yes! I'm here for it, yeah. I'm here for it. <laughs> I want to know who Lois Lane is. Ooh. Tessa? Oh, of course. I mean, love Tessa. I do too. Cast Tessa and everything. Um, I'm very here for this. I do, isn't it illegal though to cross over from DC? I mean, from Marvel to DC? Nothing is illegal. It's not illegal. <laughs> no. It's not illegal. Because um, I thought of that. Like, what, are like are superhero fans gonna get mad at that or is that thing? Sorry, my my square my chair is squeaky. I feel like it's happened before, but I'm I'm drawing a blank. I'm pretty sure there are some crossover. Jeremy, do you know what it is? Uh, no, I don't follow superheroes. <gasps> 
Jeremy. Are you the one hiding in the corner <laughs> laughing at us watching superhero movies? Is that what's happening? Yeah, um, wait, so what do you mean? You've never seen any Marvel movies? I've seen them. I just don't like them. <gasps> what? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to apologize None Jeremy. of them. At least one has to be good. Yeah. Yeah. I like Black Panther. I like Guardians. I like Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man. That's my guy. But like the whole Marvel Universe, Avengers stuff, DC stuff, I'm good. What? Yeah. All right. Well, you know. You are too cool for us. But, uh, no, I'm here for this. I do want to know, the, like, if this happens, who they're going to cast for the rest of the movie. But, yeah, he could obviously play Superman. That's For sure. It would be great. And I'd love to see, uh, I'm going to say something controversial, a good Superman movie. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> oh, my God. Am I the only one that still likes Dean Cain? Sing, uh, oh. I like Dean Cain. Clark Kent Superman. He's Shout, our favorite. Shouts to Terry Hatcher. Yes. That was great. Oh, my God. Yeah. Terry Hatcher Hell was yeah. amazing. Hell, yeah. Before, uh, what was that show she was on? Coug Cougar Town? <laughs> Is it she Cougar Town? Cougar she was on Cougar Town? I don't know. I think yeah. she was on Cougar Town. Um, but yeah, I, d I did actually like that. Um, I and, I, you know, that. I like the last ones. What's his name? What's the last, uh, the last one? Is it Cavill? Henry, Henry Cavill? Cavill? Yeah. Cavill? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was like, he looked like Superman. He did. From the comic books. But I want to see, like... I want to see what they did with Batman, with Christian Bale, with Superman. Yeah. And I think that Michael B. Jordan could pull that off. Okay, so what's too. next? All right, so last but not least, I'm excited about this one. Oh, ah, yes! <laughs> so the Millennium Tour will be back in 2020. Omarion's going to face off with Bao Hao. And there'll also be Lloyd, of course, Sammy, Ying Yang Twins, Pretty Ricky, and Soulja Boy in attendance. And uh, Omarion just announced this morning that his brother, Orion, will be the DJ. So it's going to be a family affair. I'm happy. I'm excited. Are you going? Yes. I went last year because it was actually on my birthday. And I barely remember, but it was a great time. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely plan on going again. Um, tour dates have been announced yesterday. When is it in L.A.? It is in L.A. on May 10th. I could swing that, actually. Oh, I love Lloyd. Should we all just get tickets? We should definitely feel trip. John looks we like he wants to. Go. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to see Ying Yang Twins. Uh, Ying Yang Twins, and this is going to sound terrible, but every time I hear uh, the Whisper song, which is actually, I, I actually just looked it up. It's actually called Wait. Isn't that disappointing? Wait. Mm. In parentheses, the Whisper the song. The Whisper song. Yeah. 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 Um, when you see my all. Uh, that song reminds me of college. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do with that what you will. <laughs> no, it actually it actually reminds me of college because in dorm I don't know if you didn't have the dorm experience in college, um, uh, the walls are very thin, and uh, I was in an all girls dorm and my neighbors in the dorm, we had these squeaky little beds. So you know when the song came out, we were like, oh. <laughs> So that's where I'll that story. <laughs> but I do, I, I really do actually want to go to this. It seems like it's really fun. Yeah. So from what you remember, it was really fun. Oh, it was so much fun. Ying Yang Twins were probably my favorite. Obviously, B2K first. But I mean, can you believe? I, I just I loved B2K. I did too. Can you believe there's like a whole generation of kids that like don't know? They would like have no idea what was happening. Yeah. So sad. People are trying to bring in other people on this tour, and I'm like, yo, just stop. Like, no. This is perfect. Yeah, just leave it as it is. It is perfect. It is. I'm, I'm very excited for that. Okay, great. Is that it? That's yep, Cultural Report? That's it. Thanks, T, for okay. the tea. All right, thanks for joining us this week. Thank you to Courtney Fallon for jumping on with us. Make sure that you follow us on all our social media pages at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod, and you can subscribe on YouTube. Uh, we're on the iHeartMedia app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. 
and SoundCloud, however you want to listen or watch, obviously, on YouTube. And shout out to the Maybe I'm Crazy Fantasy Football League. I will admit it. I forgot to set the lineup for all three of my fantasy teams this weekend. How do you do that, Joy? Well, it's a holiday, and I just was <laughs> enjoying sleeping in uh, on the East Coast. What happens? Well, as you said earlier to Courtney in the podcast, you are a champion, or at least you have the potential to be one, because you made the playoffs. Yay, as did me! I. As did I. Donnie's in dead last. He didn't make the playoffs. Ah, oh, Donnie. Uh, Oh, sorry, Brandon, no, our, our former friend, Brandon. Brandon. Yeah, see you later. Bye, B. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, so sorry, uh, Donnie. Anyway, so you are uh, you're in the playoffs. You're taking on Squad, which is Mike's team. Uh, I'm playing all wins, no cap. Mm. Uh, and then we got some buys because we did a weird 16 playoff thing to make it more competitive. So two teams are on a buy. I would love to say that I said it that way on purpose. But you didn't. As the de facto commissioner, but I, in fact, did not. But it'll make things very exciting, and you and I have an equal chance to win the championship. So awesome. let's go us. Uh, and then we don't have to us. figure out a prize for the uh, – Yeah, hopefully one of us wins so we don't have to finish <laughs> – <laughs> Otherwise out a prize. we're making teas we finally. We have a prize. Yeah. I cannot tell you what it is because I don't know. Uh, but thank you to everyone who participated. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast, and we'll catch you next week. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm not. Oh.